Oh, hi, podcast listeners. There's many ways you can listen to The Real Nerds Podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes. You can also subscribe on Stitcher Radio. You want to send us a Twitter message? You can do that. It's so easy, at Real Nerds. Like us on Facebook, Real Nerds Podcast. You can visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com, where there will be a lot of articles for you to not only read, but to listen to our previous shows. Do you like your stories told through pictures? Then you can also follow us at Real Nerds on Instagram. You can also call us, 720-6Nerds5. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. Camera, action! Well, a real nerd knows who shot, and a real nerd can follow the plot, and a real nerd can... Just talk film! I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Take it outside. This is Real Nerds Podcast. We are the best podcast on the internet dealing with movies, is what I've been told by probably a handful of people. Oh, I've been told by everybody I've ever walked into. I'll just be nice. down at Six Street Mall and I'll be minding my own business. I'm some dude from across the uh, street will be like, dude, Real Nerds Podcast is the greatest podcast ever. Did you know that? And I was like, I do. <laughs> Thanks, bro. <laughs> see you in, uh, when we review uh dumb money this week every week we see a new movie and we podcast our experience to the world stay tuned where we will recommend the film or not play the trailer and then spoil the film based on a true story um we also talk about the big movie news and stuff we've been watching throughout the week brad how was your week uh just uh busy i I, I had a cool idea for something to do next summer that i'm excited about nice i'm gonna uh sorry what I was going to say it doesn't involve ice cream because it's cool. It can. We, I, we could add that to it. Um, yeah, I think I'm going to uh, I'm gonna build Radley Fest. Oh, sweet. It's going to be a one-day event. It's going to be the most exclusive film festival in the world, and it's just going to be dedicated to showing all of our films. <laughs> nice. Um, Real Nerd Shorts, the old stuff, the new stuff, the 48s, yeah, all that in one single day. Um, How much... Yeah. Uh... Do you have more stuff than a day, though? Uh, probably not more than a day, but definitely a day. Like, because Van Damme's like forty-five minutes. Um, the pod shows an hour, all six episodes. Uh, if you include the the uh, bloopers, that's like another hour. Um, the uh, original shorts we did, like in the first decade, probably comes out to an hour. Uh, the forty-eights probably come close to an hour. So if you do hour blocks for like half the day, you know, I'm, I'm not saying we like, get up at 8 a.m. and watch everything. But <laughs> if you start at like noon or two, you can carve out five or six blocks of our stuff. We got like over 200 yeah. videos, man. Yeah, that's awesome. Twilight's, that's like 15 minutes. Probably the greatest fucking film of all time. Yeah. Just it's, saying. it's definitely better than Van Damme. <laughs> <laughs> Well, of course, because I'm in it. So that, I mean, that just elevates it. Yeah. Definitely better than all six episodes of the pod show. Well, I'm in the pod show <laughs> and I wrote one of the episodes. So they're pretty much neck and neck. <laughs> it's, it's a close race on that one. 
Yeah, I mean, you really have one A, one B. I mean, you can't really choose which is the best. Yeah, you just know that it deals with the best. It's like choosing between your children. You just can't. Yeah, I mean, just know that everybody's great, and you just enjoy them all. Speaking of the pod show, um, there's a new open screen night in town. Um, they do it like over by Cosmonita. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to take in uh, the Tiersten episode for this month's entry. So, Oh, sweet. If anyone wants to come out at like 9 p.m. on a Saturday night on uh, the art gallery next to Cosmonita and watch uh, the fifth episode of the pod show again. Correct. God, it's been so long. Um. Yeah, that'll be happening. Hell yeah! How was your week? Hey, bro- yeah, you know, I I went to tell your right horror show again. Oh um, yeah, no big deal. Yeah, that was lots of fun. Um, my cousin Lisa met me out there as well. She's a big horror movie fan. I saw seven movies and a block of shorts. So I was going to try to see more, but. My wife isn't as down with watching that many movies as I am. <laughs> if, if I went by myself, which would be really shitty, but if I went by myself, I would probably see five movies a day. Um, but my wife gets, you know, <laughs> fed up after a while <laughs> sitting and watching movies. But to me, it's uh, therapeutic. You know what I mean? Um, where I just see one movie and then I'll go to a different location to watch another one. And the popcorn they make there is so good. They have uh, these kind of like crock pots in each location that has real butter in it. So when you order it, they just take a ladle and they like slowly spoon it on the popcorn. And yeah, it was awesome. Um, Yeah, it's my dream. Oh, good. Right. Uh, Every year I'm there. I'm like, man, it just keeps getting more popular. It's because when the first year we were there, I think was the third Telluride Horror Show. And now they're on the 14th. Oh, and, really? Wow. Yeah. And I remember when we were there, remember how hard it was to find a place to eat? And, oh, yeah. I will not um, forget that. Yeah. And now everything's open. So, like 10 p.m., um, they have uh, they have these grilled cheese and crepe carts that are in that little park that are across from the Sheridan Opera where some of the movies are shown. Uh-huh. And th- those were open till like eight. It- it's crazy. <laughs> It's like, wow, this, it's like they've embraced, you know, this, not only this, uh, film festival, but they understood that, hey, if we stay open, there's thousand people that need to eat, you know? My campaign to get Telluride canceled for not having enough food, uh, worked. Um, yeah. They, they, they wised up and they've, uh, capitulated to my demands. That's right. Even like driving there, we, I, we got there on Thursday and, uh, there was, a rock slide where we were driving so we got rerouted and it added another two hours to our drive oh fuck i know and so we got into our hotel at like i don't know 8 45 are there films on thursday uh there's classic films they show um but, but so i imagine I just, a lot of people didn't see them because they didn't know the rock slide happened <laughs> yeah so i didn't get to see those but the barbecue place that was in our hotel on the bottom floor was open till 10. So I still got to eat. <laughs> and um, Then I woke up the next morning, had breakfast. Um, the first real movie started at two, which was the worst movie I saw of the week. And um, yeah, then it was just movie, movie, movie. 
living the dream. Yep. Beautiful town too. If you ever uh, have a chance, you should go to Telluride. Oh yeah. I haven't been there since the last time we were there as a podcast. So did you talk to anyone being like, Hey, you haven't invited us to a podcast here in a while. (laughs) No, but the guy, Ted, who runs it, he's still there. Um, still looks the same. The area that we set up in the Sheridan Opera House now is their whole merch area that was completely busy the whole time I was there. Better space for that, for sure. Yeah. Because we shared it with, like, catering (laughs) that first year. I remember that. Uh, They're definitely bigger because now they have, you know, three locations. The biggest one is the theater that's at the high school that seats probably three, four hundred people. And yeah. So it was lots of fun. My favorite place to see it is actually the little nugget theater that they have. Mm-hmm. Um, and they put in all new uh, chairs there. Ooh. So it was really nice and comfortable. And they saw um, Bonesy in the, in the ticket box. They do. Yeah. He's like their unofficial mascot. Now um, Laura got a t-shirt with him on it and I got a sticker with him on it. So. Yeah, regardless if they invite us, yeah, I should, if my fort- fortunes change I, next year, I should probably make it a, a goal to get out there. Yeah, it's super I miss nice. it. It's been a while. Yeah, so that's what I did. And stay tuned. I've already posted two reviews. I'll post the rest throughout the week um, when I can get <laughs> caught up and situated. Um, Thank you. Thank you for getting those on my desk in a timely fashion. I know. I was, like, I was, you know, I was actually planning on doing it, and when you sent that, I, I figured like, you were. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, it's fun to tease each other because that's what we do. Yeah, I didn't think you saw seven though. So that's yeah, you got a lot of material coming down the pipe. I know. I can't. Re- I can't remember all the shorts, or <laughs> I would have done one on the shorts block. Um, but the one I saw is Saturday morning was the funny ones, and they're all actually really good. So uh, my favorite one is the first one they showed is called Video Nasty. And it was like a 1970s style educational cartoon, you know, where it'd say, don't watch these videos. Um, But they had these funny animations where what happens when you watch the videos. And there's, I forget the, like the little kid's name. And the mom is baking something in the kitchen and he's watching the exorcist or something on his little TV. And then the screen flashes. And then when it comes back, the mom's hanging by her neck and the cat's like being sacrificed. And it's <laughs> funny. Um, so yeah, good stuff. Cool. Uh, this week for real nerds, we saw dumb money. Brad, do you recommend dumb money? Yeah, it's fun. Um, it's, it wasn't, uh, and I, I didn't think there was a lot of meat on the bones uh, for that story. Um, but the, I think the performances are, are engaging. You know, it's made by the same uh, people who did uh, Pam and Tommy and I, Tanya. I felt like those are a little more creative than this. Um, like a lot of the scenes are just people seeing it, uh, webcams talking. So, or at least I saw this movie a lot longer ago than you have. So I'm... <laughs> I may be misremembering, but yeah, it was, it was all right. Um, yeah, it was okay. And actually, <laughs> I was kind of disappointed watching it because it wasn't that funny. Um, it's more of a straight drama. And no, you're not misremembering it. It's a lot of people sitting at webcam and talking or looking at their cell phones and talking. 
Yeah, um, I think I think it might be another movie that was like a COVID movie where you know they engineered it to be films like as socially distant as possible. So I think and it just took a long time to release. Um, uh, you might be right, but I expect it to be more fun. Um, but I'll get into it when we review it. Here's a trailer for Dumb Money. How much did we make today? Five million. How much did we lose today? A billion. You got rich dudes pissing in their pants right now. Holy fucking shit. I will tell you, I've never seen anything like it. Holy fucking shit. Is the craziest I think I've ever seen. Everything okay? 11 fucking million dollars. What are you gonna do? Get a Ferrari? What the fuck? Oh, language. The baby's here. Yo, what up, everybody? Roaring Kitty here. I'm gonna pick a stock and talk about why I think it's interesting, and that stock is GameStop. I love this guy. Retail traders have hooked into GameStop. I think they think it's a good investment. It looks like there's one guy driving all the buying. Who is this schmuck? Dumb money, man. Happy to take it. Wall Street is betting that this company is going to fail. But if it fails, these hedge fund assholes make a shit ton of money. 70,000 people have watched this video. Kitty, I love you! Thank you! If he's in, I'm in. If he's in, I'm in. GameStop, those shares not stopping. The stock is only going to go up. When they hit, I'm going to buy you a mansion. Let's drink to that. My brother is a fucking nerd. Wall Street must be seeing this, right? Holy fucking shit. Holy shit. You should probably dial in. Holy fucking shit. Do you have a minute? I, uh, um. Babe, how much did we make today? Five million. How much did we lose today? A billion. And yesterday? Four million. And yesterday? A billion. Babe. Yeah. We're like really fucking rich. You got rich dudes pissing in their pants right now. They're coming after you. We need to talk about the GameStop situation. Retail traders always lose. <laughs> You've been served. Wall Street cheated. Surprise, surprise. You have to testify before Congress. The game has changed. What's the point of winning the race if you let some dipshit steal the prize? A lot of people feel the system is broken. The whole idea of the stock market is if you're smart and maybe with a little luck you can make your fortune. Certainly not anymore. There's no hope for the little guy. Shitballs. Maybe now there is. Fuck yeah. Uh, Dumb Money tells the story of Keith Gill, who is an like a financial advisor for Mass Mutual, and he also goes by um, something Kitty. I can't, I can't remember his name on um, yeah on okay. uh, Reddit, but he basically watches for these short stocks and he so here's one of my complaints about it when um i was hoping for another big short where when i watch the film it educates me and entertains me i was totally about to say that like i felt like i didn't <laughs> learn anything new about finance after exactly watching this movie. yeah did you feel like you were lost too i'm like what the fuck are they talking about um 
you know, I needed a Margot Robbie in a hot tub explaining to me what a short sell is. You know what I mean? And, and here it, he's talking about the finances and how, cause to me, I think a, it would be cool if they spent more time with Keith Gill and he's explaining how he devised why he thought it was that way. Um, not just, and I get that's part of his testimony to Congress later where he says, I like the stock. So he just buys it. But there has to be some method to his madness. Yeah, I mean, and he's a financial I, advisor, so yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean? And I never felt like I learned why he did that. Did you feel like you learned? Like, I feel like the movie did attempt to explain things, but I don't think it was in a way that was well enough that it stuck with me. So, mm. uh, but yeah, I don't, I don't think he, like, they kind of made it seem like he, he did just like hold a grudge against, um, you know, uh, vulture. Is it, it's not vulture capitalist. Um, it's, um, ah, oh, fuck. It's, God, well, I can't remember their name. The Seth Rogen guy. He's, uh, um, but yeah, it's basically guys, they're hedge fund managers where hedge they fund, hedge funds. Yeah. Uh, where they count on these companies losing so they can make money off of selling off their stocks and assets. Yeah. And by, I mean, I understand that part that he's buying the stocks at a low price and then he's driving more people to buy them. So it's creating, um, you know, this, demand for the stock but you know also you know sebastian stan's character of robin hood he's in like three scenes and it seems they didn't explore what he was doing enough where even though the big short had a lot of these characters too i felt like i understood more of their motivations behind it yeah it seems like and, guys like that it's it's just like they get they get money from people with money to do things that don't generate money yeah. Um, and then, yeah, they luck into the situation where they can actually make money off of it and it blows up in their face. But yeah, it's just like, I don't understand. Like, I, I'm stock dumb. I don't like, I'm just like, okay, you, you give a company money and then how do you get money back? Like, you have to get a share of it. But like, how many is like, is there, is there a limit to how many shares a company can have? Like, what makes them valuable? Um, is it just like someone saying, like, it's valuable? Cause I say so like, I don't under, yeah. And then yeah. like you make the money by selling it, but I'm like, yeah, sorry. That's where I think the disconnect is in this film. Yeah. I just you know, don't. cause you don't really fully understand the mechanism of what's happening. And saying and shorting is like just slang. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's. Because yeah. it played more like a drama. I was hoping it was going to be funny and like the big short. Um, with yeah. some serious moments in it, but it, they played it pretty straight, if, in my opinion. Yeah, the drama is in like Keith. Yeah, there's a subplot where uh, his sisters died, and um, you know he's at a, he and his brother are kind of well, he's not really fighting for his parents' approval, but his brother definitely feels like he's a second class in the family. Um, so there is that aspect of it, but it really doesn't have much bearing on the GameStop selling buying and selling so and then there's like a billion other characters mm -hmm. um that are, all have like their little short stories that i don't know you know even like nick offerman's character he's this super wealthy guy or vincent denarfio and like 
but you never really get a sense of who they are. They're just, oh, we have lots of money. Yeah. And Offerman's character, yeah, he's just like at one point, uh, yeah, I'll bail you out. Two billion, who cares? Yeah. And then, I mean, and then Seth Rogen's character loses, well, I mean, he loses all his money and that's his punishment is he loses his company. Yeah. And he's still but, okay. But he's still okay. You know, I, I don't know. This seems like there's a lot of unresolved. And I don't know, maybe the story of it's just the real life stuff, <laughs> stuff. Yeah. Isn't that fascinating? So, like the, um, the rush of the buying and selling, and then the like, okay, is Keith, everyone's looking to Keith for guidance. And is he going to, you know, do the smart thing and cash out? Or is he going to make a statement? And write it and then of course you know everyone's in the dark for that period so it's like okay we got to do this on our own so like that's probably the only really interesting part is is the the uh you know the the bluffing game that everyone's yeah. playing but everything around and, that is kind of like okay yeah that's what i mean and it, did, i mean did you feel like you're just watching a drama the whole that's what i felt like watching it i, I thought it was going to be more fun uh the i think the funnest part was actually the opening when uh seth rogan's trying to buy that house next door and you, think it's, <laughs> you start thinking it's just like he's buying a house and then you find out he's buying the house next door so he can level it and turn it into a tennis court so he can uh, have something to do during COVID. Uh, and he has to run, like, he has that shot where he has to run across the yard to get to his phone in his, <laughs> his existing house. Like I thought that was like a, like the most creative part of the movie. I know. Um, that's what I mean. And it comes at the beginning and you feel like you're going to spend more time with, uh, Seth Rogen's character and he's, you know, why is this happening and um, what he does to come. I don't know. I, I was honestly, I was super disappointed in the film and it's not that it's a bad movie and you're right. The performances are good, but I just, so I don't know what I wanted of it, but it, yeah, I just didn't, I don't know. Um, yeah. And the, like the climax is a bunch of zoom calls with the uh, Congress you're just like, okay, I just watched Oppenheimer, so I kind of saw that, but you know, <laughs> cinematic. Um, and then yeah, like Keith just says the speech you see, you see in the trailer, so it's like, okay, I knew that was coming. Exactly. There's, and I get that it's hard to have surprises when it's, um, you know, um, I guess the only surprise from that I saw from that was the uh, the nurse lady, um, <laughs> yeah. uh, I think came out the worst. Like how how do you get negative? Like how do you owe stock? Yeah, I don't understand how that happened either. Yeah, you know, how but, do you get like negative fifteen thousand dollars? Like, I guess they never really. I mean, they never really explain it either. Like, is that like a credit card you just got to pay back? Because you're like, oh, I bought this stock and now it's worthless, so I I have to like reimburse you for the stocks I did bought. Did the stock go back up after it became worthless, though? I think so. Yeah. So I mean, I don't know what's going on. I mean, obviously, I mean, Pete Davidson's character got a Ferrari, which they spoiled in the trailer. So, yeah, I'm just imagining with all, you know, all the finance bros that listen to our podcast are just seething right now. It's like, oh, how can these guys be so dumb? <laughs> I mean, I, I did like that every time Pete Davidson's character showed up, he was eating people's DoorDash when he delivered yeah, them. That was fun. That's fun. But then he'd be gone for like 20, 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like I said, his he's. Doesn't like I think he, he could just not be in the movie and it would still you get the point. Yeah. So just it felt extraneous, but I mean it's fun. When I was there for sure. That little exchange they have in the car while their parents are driving them to 
<laughs> I forget where. It's very infantile. Yeah. And that too, maybe I just didn't like Paul Dano's character. It wasn't that interesting to me. It's like, okay. Yeah. 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 He has like, he goes running to like center himself, I guess. Mm-hmm. I, forget, I forget what's like, he could have had the record in high school, I think, or for running or, or in college, but he blew it. Uh, or he lost his shoes or something. That's why he got shoes at the end. I don't know. Yeah. I forget. So it's, that might've been a, a thing of saying like, you know, he just needs another win in life. You know, he missed the first one and he got rocked in the uh, 2008 crash. So it's just, uh, it'll be, it'll feel, it'll feel more victorious if he can overcome this considering how much he's, cause yeah, he hasn't gone through super hardship, but it's still hard stuff, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. You know, it's, it's like his family wasn't murdered or something, you know, <laughs> by hedge fund managers. So it's like, ah, see, I like that idea for a slasher film. Yeah, actually, I don't know if I should say, I, I really want to do like a horror movie that's just like the bills are killing you. <laughs> just piling up and piling up and like deciphering all the life force out of you. Yeah. <sighs> Copyright Realness Podcast. <laughs> Makes it official. All right. Well, that's dumb money. This is the big news story of the week. It's real news. Well, Brad, we knew it was going to happen, and it officially is going to happen in January. Best Buy is removing all of their uh, physical film movie sections, and they're no longer going to have exclusive steel books. Well, uh, I, I don't know what the business decision is uh, for Best Buy to ex- uh, exclude me as a customer, but uh, good luck, I guess, when I stop shopping there. <laughs> I know. It's funny because I actually have a story that involves that. Um, so today, the fourth animated Mortal Kombat movie came out called C- Cage Match. And um, I pre-ordered the Steelbook. I went to pick it up at Best Buy and they didn't have it. And I was like, that's weird. And so I showed them and the the lady who was helping me said, yeah, there's supposed to be two of them. And they did have two of the ultra HD ones. Um, and I was like, okay. And then when she looked it on the store map, it didn't even highlight them on the store map. She went and got me the steel book from Mortal Kombat 1, the video game. I said, no, that's not it. So they don't exist. And I think Best Buy quietly canceled it and um, didn't even tell me. They just put the Ultra HD one in my, uh, when I went to pick it up. Um, but I went online and I guess some people said they're supposed to receive them. But when I went on um, Blu-ray.com, it's no longer an option if you click so usually on Blu-ray, if you click on a movie, it'll tell you all the editions of the Blu-ray that's come out. And the Steelbook edition's not on there anymore. So This sounds like I the think... Justice League debacle again. Uh so you're you're only getting the Blu-ray version at the 4K? Uh no, I got the I ended up getting the 4K one, but um but I, I can't find the Steelbook. So Oh. And, and and when you go online to Best Buy. They'll say they're in the store, but they don't have like a picture of it. 
So I think I don't think I think they canceled it without telling anybody. I think because so, I'm on Best Buy right now, and there's no Steelbook. There's just the uh, 4K and Blu-ray. Yeah, if you type in Cage Match Steelbook, it'll say no image available. Yeah, I feel like yeah, I feel like there was at one point, but yeah, because I showed it to the uh, lady, and she was super nice. I mean, obviously, it's not her fault, and she tried really hard to find it for me because. Her Palm Pilot, or whatever they call them in the store, said they had two of them. Um, but they do not exist. And the warehouse guy said, no, I put all of those cage match Blu-rays out on the floor. And they only had standard Blu-ray and the 4K one. Wow. So, yeah. I, I don't... Um, and it seems weird because, I mean, for, at the beginning of the year, I hardly got any movies. But it seems towards the end of the year, so much stuff is coming out, and it's all like cool things. And I, I don't know, because um, Disney also stopped selling um, Blu-rays and discs in Australia and Southeast Asia. So I don't know. That's interesting, considering they were saying like, "Hey, we're bringing back physical." But yeah, I just mean, to America, I, I guess. It's just a highly pirated area of the world. But um, hmm. I don't know. Yeah, because, I mean, we're literally just getting Prey. I got Loki season one. Um, and I mean, Umbrella, ironically, in Australia is releasing like a super deluxe edition of the original Mario Brothers movie. Um, yeah, which uh, I screwed up. Um, I totally could have got the uh, $39 one, $33 one. Mm-hmm. Um. But when I was looking at the list, um, it has like a 4K with the movie and some some features. And then mm-hmm. there's a Blu-ray with special features. And then there's a Blu-ray of the same stuff that the 4K has, just 1080p, right? Mm-hmm. So when I looked at the bare bones edition, I was like, oh, uh, it doesn't have... Like, I thought the Blu-ray was the movie and special features and then another, another Blu-ray of special features. So... Yeah, I I totally could have got the bare bones one instead of the hundred dollar one with everything to cover my bases. So oh, yeah, well. I, I I'm not even a fan of that film, but I ordered the thirty three dollar one because I think it looks cool and it comes with lots <laughs> of extras. Which who knew that movie was going to have extras at some point? You know? Yeah, they they even remastered the work print. <laughs> so yeah, so um, it's cool. I mean, doing the hard work. So there is an audience for it. I, I just don't. And now what do people go to Best Buy for? I mean, I guess appliances. (laughs) Computer stuff. I mean, I remember when DVDs first came out. Remember how many rows and rows of DVDs they had? That was glorious. And they had music, too. I know. So nice. Yeah, I guess they have vinyls now, but yeah, it's just... Barely, though. (laughs) Um, Yeah, but... Uh, now it's like yeah i i I just went into target yesterday and that um like they don't even have like the new release uh column you know in your face like it's just here's a shelf in the back with the books yep so i think target's following suit so i guess i'm gonna get all my stuff on amazon and just cross my fingers that it shows up not dented yeah fine or you know missing a slip cover (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah well yeah because the last time i was at target they literally just throw them in one section yeah like I, I couldn't even tell like what was new releases and what was the uh 
back stock is here's a bunch of discs have at it <laughs> have fun we don't even care that they come out on tuesday we may not, may not even put them out on tuesday in a timely fashion <laughs> so don't come to target for your disc media <laughs> you come to target for your college dorm room so yep times they are changing yep i'll just buy direct i guess from shout and mm-hmm. arrow and umbrella we watch films throughout the week in a segment I call What We've Been Watching. So, uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. Brad, what have you watched this week? Dude, so much. Like, <laughs> 20, 30 movies. I was doing freelance design all week, so I just stayed home and played movies in the background. <laughs> um, nice. But it kind of kicked off... Um, are we going to do the creator as a weekly thing or? Um, I don't know. Cause we're starting to run into issues. I think towards yeah. the end of the week, the year. Um, I still want to see it. I know my kid actually wants to see it. So um, I don't know if it'll be a movie of the week. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll save a week and see what happens. Uh, so yeah, it, it kicked off with another um, uh, retro screening a horror movie at the Esquire with a nightmare on Elm street. Nice. Um, and yeah, once again, weird audience laughing and everything, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, you know, I've always been more of a Friday 13th fan than nightmare on Elm street. Um, but, uh, specifically this movie, um, affects, you know, aging effects aside, the part where her, you know, Nancy is at home and, uh, Johnny has been killed and her dad's, you know, the police chief, he's over there managing everything. And she's shouting out like, Hey dad, you know, come wake me up in Mm -hmm. 30 minutes, 15 minutes or something. I forget what amount of time it was. It was, it was short. I think it might've been like 10 minutes. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so he's like, okay, whatever. I've got, I got to go upstairs and check on this thing. And then it cuts to her home aloneing it and just like, building bombs and <laughs> trip wiring the house um in the span of like six minutes <laughs> and then it cuts back to her dad getting to the top of the stairs and, and discovering the body it's like wow <laughs> she went like rambo really quickly um yeah, I, you I, know i i really like the film i do i think it's you know a classic slasher film but it's one of those films too where i go you know they say you know, Friday the 13th is cheaply made, and but there's some parts in Nightmare on Elm Street that I go, like, the ending, I think, is stupid. Um, yeah. And also her mom, when she's talking about you know, how they killed Freddy Krueger, her acting is so bad. <laughs> oh, like, and let's talk about her, like, her, like, every in every scene, she, like, just digs an alcohol bottle out of, like, a hidden place. <laughs> and, and the most egregious being, like, um, when she's laying in bed, like, she just pulls it from, like, the side... The, like the, and they're never like opened they're brand new ones but when she's fighting with uh, Nancy in the kitchen and yeah. then like it's a, like this forced dramatic scene and then Nancy's like oh, what is it like what do you do with uh, the stuff and then she just reaches into the uh, drawer and pulls out Freddy's hat like how yeah. did she know the hat was there <laughs> and also you know- she says it like Freddy wrote his name on it like why does Freddy Krueger write his name in, on his hat? <laughs> <laughs> One, it should be burned off. 
Two, why would an adult man write his name on his hat? <laughs> <laughs> or even a supernatural this dude. To me. Why, why would a boogeyman write his name on his own hat? I don't know. Uh, yeah, it, honestly, I think the best Nightmare on Elm Street film, Sans Freddy versus Jason, is Wes Craven's New Nightmare. I think I, it's super creative. I agree. Um, it's like the first and, one, but like uh, improved, you know? Yeah. And I, I still think the first one is a really cool horror film. I like yeah. it a lot. I respect but, its place in the, in the, yeah, but canon. for, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street fans who would look down on Friday the 13th fans, I, I think it's misplaced. Yeah. And then that prompted me to watch all the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. And, oh, wow. Uh, I'd seen them before, so it wasn't a new thing. But, um, like even the remake, um, what I was going to say about it. I mean, they're all pretty. Ugh. <laughs> um, shoot. I forgot. I, was, I had, I had some point. I totally forgot it. But anyway, yeah, I watched all those. And then I watched a uh, little shop of horrors for the first time in probably like 30 years. Um, that's a that, fun movie. Yeah. Like it, it, it's, it's, it's fun, but like the puppet is awesome. Like, yeah. We're talking yeah. like, yeah. Audrey too. Like this is pre Ninja Turtles, like Jim Henson, nineteen ninety. Like that Venus flytrap is way more expressive than those turtles. Like I and granted, there's not like a dude inside Audrey too, operating things. So it's probably you know a bunch of wires off screen. So it's probably a little easier. And it's not doing ninja flips, but still, just uh, the syncing of the the vocals. To oh yeah, the puppet is just incredible. Yeah, and and that's one of the the things where, um. Practical will always be superior to me than CGI. CGI can make things look incredible, but there's something that you can't replace with it physically being there. Yeah. And um, uh, do you have the Blu-ray or did you stream it? I streamed it. Yeah. Have Have you ever seen the? Because uh, Kellen loves that movie, so I've watched it like five or six times this year. But there's um, two endings. Yeah. Did you have you seen the original ending before? I don't think so. Um... The one that I watched was uh, Rick Moranis just like shocks him with a wire and blows him up. Yeah. So the original ending that they changed after they screened it is everybody was, dies. Yeah. Everybody dies. And then there's more than one Audrey, too. And they terrorize New York City and eat people and shit. Yeah. Like, oh, that was way better. <laughs> uh, I guess there's a new release coming out where they're going to put that. They filmed that ending. Yeah, I've, yeah. I mean, I've seen it. It's oh, on the okay. Blu-ray. Oh, okay. Um, so that's when you showed Kellen. <laughs> yeah. Well, on the Blu-ray, it's a special feature where Frank Oz is talking about it, and um, then they show it. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, it's really cool. Yeah, the streaming one is just the uh, yeah, the, it gets electrocuted and explodes. So, mm -hmm. which I thought was pretty like lame. Like, yeah. The, the effects <laughs> fine, but just like story-wise, yeah, definitely the original. A little more subversive, killing off all Agreed. the characters and then destroying New York City. Yeah, but you know they they made it this way because everyone else thought that we're stupid and the falling in love and getting away at the end is the way to go. So, eighties uh, audiences, shame. Always want the happy ending. Um, yep. what else? Oh yeah, and then um, I also watched The Shining at uh the late night and that prompted boring me to, 
it was fine. Um, huge crowd for it. Uh, practically sold oh, yeah. out. It's it's one of those ones where it's always put as one of the best horror films of all time, and I think it's okay. <laughs> I wouldn't call it a horror film. I'd call it a psychological thriller. But I agree, yeah. and I, I, I mean, it's shot really well. It looks cool. Um, I think Jack Nicholson, though, in it is so over the top, and I get that's probably what the character calls for. I don't know. I just think it's super overrated. And I can't help every time I watch it to think of not think of the Simpsons episode. So yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it's tainted my view on it. I, I just think it's an okay movie. And hearing what like uh, Kubrick put Shelley Duvall through to get the performance, just like, that's not cool. Um, yeah. Not but, at all. But uh, I, I did notice something for the first time, and I haven't seen it many times. Uh, when Jack Nicholson shows up for the job interview, he goes to the front mm-hmm. desk. And the the woman behind the counter says, like, oh, yeah, uh, it's the office is the first door on on the right. Oh, no, it's it's the first door on the left. And then the shot follows Jack Nicholson. He walks into a room with only one door. So you couldn't miss. You couldn't you would get the right door. There's no other doors in the hallway and it's on the right. So huh. either the reception, the reception person is clueless or um, they staged it wrong. Didn't match the dialogue. So interesting. Take that Kubrick. Yeah. How Gen- meticulous you are. You piece of shit. Genius. My ass. Rotting in <laughs> hell. <laughs> I, I, in my review on Letterboxd, I wrote not a perfect film just so I could see if I could trigger some, uh, <laughs> film bros. Well, it's, it's just, <laughs> just like, um, Citizen Kane. I think the shining is film snobs favorite horror film just because. Could be, you know, could be. You know, I, I'd rather watch. Like a couple of weeks ago, I watched Night of the Demons too, and is it a good movie? No, but is it really fun because there's like blood and guts and stupid monsters in it? Yes. So I'll take that any day over a kid riding a tricycle through a fucking hotel hotel lobby. Yeah, a lot. Like a lot of the scares are, for me are just like, okay, so, um, yep. yeah, there's a bunch of blood pouring out of an elevator. Okay. Oh, and there's some old bitch who's naked. Oh, okay. Yeah. I guess it's supposed to symbolize Jack Nicholson, like, how much he hates his wife and wants to get away from her. Like, I get that from his, like, (laughs) I don't know, his complete 180 from when he starts, like, his first writing of those pages. And she's like, hey, I I just want to come in and check on you. Like, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. He just flips out on her. I was like, whoa. Okay. Yep. Yeah, is is the is the hotel possessed or is uh <laughs> the guy who did the original murders is is ghost floating around and he possesses him? I don't know. So like it's All the generational I know is no TV, no beer, make Homer, Homer. something something. <laughs> Go crazy? Don't mind if I do. <laughs> <laughs> Give me the bat. Give me the bat. <laughs> um yeah, so that prompted me to watch Doctor Sleep finally. I've been putting it off because it was like two and a half hours. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it's like, oh, I, I saw The Shining. I should follow this up. And uh, yeah, it's interesting. I, I actually do miss the uh, slow burn of The Shining because <laughs> the <laughs> Doctor Sleep is a little more modern and quicker paced. Um, I think it's a better film there. I said it. Let's oh, man. It. Shit. Wow. <laughs> um, I think it's a comparable like they, they fit. I just don't know why. Like, I feel like Doctor Sleep could have been it didn't have to be connected to the shining at all and still been a good movie. 
<laughs> like it could have just been about a bunch of people with powers and they're trying to stop other people with powers and it doesn't have to do anything with the 1980 movie at all. And it's still been good. So yeah. Yeah. Like it just, it feels when, uh, when Danny goes on the killing rampage in the forest, I'm just like, Whoa, <laughs> where this mercenary come from? <laughs> yeah, dude, he's fucking Obi Wan. <laughs> I remember he's just riding a trike in a hotel and like <laughs> getting scared by old ladies in tubs. Like now he's like John Wick over here. <laughs> and I was so disappointed. I went to Spirit and they had a blind bag uh, NECA thing, and it was a keychain. You could either get Freddy, Jason, Billy from Saw, Pennywise, or uh, Danny from The Shining. And of course, I got fucking Danny on a tricycle. Like stupid fucking thing. That's so why you have to buy the whole bag or the whole box. Get all yeah. the bags. <laughs> uh no. <laughs> I got twenty Dannys. Fuck. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, that's good for me. What'd you watch? Um I, I watched a lot too, but I will just focus on one because I thought it was the most interesting thing I watched. And um, so a Telluride horror show, they had the fan film sequel, Never, uh, Never Hike Alone 2, which if you know what uh, Never Hike Alone is, it's a fan film for Friday the 13th. Mm. Um, and does it Tom take Matthews, place in the snow? Uh, no, it takes place in this, like, it takes place at Crystal Lake. Um, I've never seen the first one. Um, but, what I gathered from watching the second one is these people go hiking and they're killed by Jason and Tom Matthews reprises his role as Tommy Jarvis in this second one. Hmm. Um, I guess he has a cameo in the first one again, haven't seen it. So don't know. Um, but in it, he's a paramedic for crystal Lake hospital area. I don't know. What, um, and uh, so this one is it actually has some really cool moments and it ignores parts uh, uh, after six. So it does acknowledge what Tommy did in part five and six, and he's still coping with what happened to him. And, uh, and there's some really clever shots in it. Um, it's definitely a cool Friday, the 13th movie, which I can't believe I'm saying mm. um, it's, really quick i think it's 72 minutes long um and and the, the premise basically is people are dealing with the return supposedly of jason but no one wants to acknowledge it um the sheriff in town is who is the deputy in part six the guy who goes wherever the red dot goes you bang so he came back and reprised his role um and it's basically they're trying to figure out if Jason is still around. Um, and at, there's this really cool moment at the beginning where uh, this influencer YouTube guy is a hiker and he's hiking Crystal Lake. And in the background of all he's, you know, like, hey, what's up, everybody? Make sure you click that like button. You know, um, you can see Jason in the background. Um and as they're dealing with all this stuff and Tommy is, he gets called out to help the injured hiker. Uh, when he goes out there, Jason attacks and starts killing people. Um, 
and he follows Tommy back to the hospital. It starts like a rampage in the hospital. Uh, yeah, it's just like it's a pretty cool Friday the Thirteenth movie. As pleasantly fucking surprised. You hear that? Uh, Whoever made that movie, Ryan approves. That's that's uh, that's probably the best endorsement you could possibly have. That's what I mean. And because I heard it's a fan film, I, I was expecting it to be you know fucking garbage. But it's really cool and. Um, the director was there and I didn't get to stay for the Q and a because my wife was too tired to stay. And I was bummed out Ugh, because a week I know. And, you know, because it's a fan film, you can't make a profit off of it. And so the Jason, I was like, man, how did they get away with this? And I realized when I was watching it, the mask of Jason didn't have any of the chevrons on it. And I go, huh? So the chevrons must be part of like the trademark of Jason. And um, if you're making just a fan film, then you can obviously, because it's in public, you can make it. Um, but Tom Matthews, who plays Tommy Jarvis, is really good in it. I mean, really good. Um, I, I'm pleasantly surprised is all I can say. Um, and so I had fun with it. And uh, the other film I'll mention, it's, uh, it's called Suitable Flesh with Heather Graham. And it's the HP Lovecraft story. And she plays a psychiatrist who gets visited by this uh, young man. And as she's talking to him, his phone rings. And when he answers it, he becomes possessed by basically, I'm guessing, some sort of demon. And um, when he does that, she kind of is overpowered by him and uh it's a really fucked up movie but it's really cool <laughs> and <laughs> so my cousin was out uh at telluride with us with and her whole family came and so her kids wanted to see it this movie too and when i say her kids her daughter's like 26 and her son's 22 but still kids <laughs> and this movie is like loaded with gore loaded with sex and i'm like oh my god <laughs> i don't know <laughs> how I'd feel if my mom was watching a movie like that with me. Um, and if I was there with like Kellen, I mean, there's, I don't know how many sex scenes Heather Graham is in this. I want to say four. Um, and it's not just like, Oh, here's my boobs. Now there's this one part where she's like sitting on the windowsill in her office and she's getting eaten out. And then she's thrown out of the windowsill. <laughs> like, oh my God. What? Oh, fuck. Dude, I'm telling you, this movie is really cool. It's super fucking gory. Um, and it's, it's a really cool, it's probably my favorite film I saw there, but it's not for everybody. Um, I'm trying to just wrap my head around, like, how do you direct that? You're like, okay, so we need you fully naked. You're going to be eaten out on the windowsill <laughs> and then you get pushed out and splat. And Heather Graham's like, okay, so why is this essential to the story? <laughs> so I, I don't want to spoil it, but it is essential. Okay. There, there, there's like this, all, but just like, in her mind space, like all these parts, like yeah. I have to be fully naked. I have to, well, she's not fully naked in that part. I mean, it's oh. literally just her ripping her skirt up and her getting her pussy eaten out. I mean, but it's, it's basically showing the control this demon has not only over, um, this like young man that sees her, but also her and her life. And it slowly starts spiraling out of control. Um, and like I'm not going to spoil what happens and why it spirals out of control, 
I mean, there's tons of blood and guts in it, and um, the practical effects uh, are pretty great. Um, there, I mean, there's some CGI, obviously, when people fall out of a windowsill and stuff, but um, but the majority of it is practical and it looks great. It's directed by Joe Lynch, um, and he definitely leans into the body horror element. Um. And so that's going to be, I think that's the next review I have coming up on our website. Um, but yeah, and Barbara Crampton's in it, and she's, you know, from Reanimator and from Beyond, and uh, just a horror, 80s horror staple, and she's really good in it. Um, yeah, I, if you, I don't, I think it comes out really soon everywhere else, but Suitable Flesh is not for everybody, but if you love horror films, it's pretty awesome. Um, so yeah, uh, those are two highlights that I had at Telluride Horror Show this week. Um, next week on Real Nerds, we're seeing Dick, the musical. Um, I I sent the trailer to my wife and she couldn't believe what she was watching. So (laughs) I'm so curious about the sewer boys. (laughs) I know. (laughs) I've heard mixed things about it, but. I have a feeling it's not for everybody, so I, I have a feeling we're going to like it. Um, I heard it's a like it was a play on Broadway, and that was just, it really. This is a movie adaptation of it. So, <laughs> oh my god, we're identical fucking twins. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so, yeah. I think this would be like Bottoms, where yeah, it's just like we like it, and other people are like, ugh, this is too. Well, crass. I told you that my mom loved Bottoms, right? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> My mom called me and she said, I have to tell you, Ryan, that movie was so funny. I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> I was so worried. Because my mom, uh, you know, she sees the big movies. Like, she saw Barbie and things like that. And she wanted to know a movie, you know, that she could see that maybe a lot of people hadn't. And I go, well, if you don't go to the Alamo and watch a really raunchy, like, teen comedy that's really funny. And if you... And I told my mind, if you get the jokes, I'm telling you, you're going to have a really good time. But I didn't know that, I guess in, now they're showing it with some weird anime. Um, yeah. <laughs> the Alamo. And she said, I didn't know what you sent to me at first, this anime thing. And I was laughing at the bottoms. I was like, all right, cool. Well, <laughs> yeah, they're so, doing, yeah. Like, they crossed a bunch of movies with other movies for like some double features. And I missed that one, but yeah. Um, yeah, and also uh, looking ahead, uh, we have another film explosion. Yep, before twenty twenty three. So, yep, I'm guessing sometime in November. Maybe I think there's a week after the Marvels where there's not a movie. Yeah, so I think that's November twelfth because Great. after November twelfth is going to be the week before Thanksgiving, and then just movie, movie after movie. So, yep. And then our, we'll figure our, it out. Your wrap up. So yeah, it's just yeah. so many. And then after yeah. next year, there will be no more film explosions except for the ones for the year we're in. So yeah, I know. Crazy. Yep. Um. So until next week, see you at the movies.
Thanks for listening to Real Nerds Podcast, a Nebulous Visions production. Stream or download episodes, read articles at realnerdspodcast.com. Stream us on Apple or Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or iHeartRadio. Follow us on Facebook, Real Nerds Podcast. Twitter and Instagram, at Real Nerds. Watch us on YouTube, Real Nerds Podcast. Email us at realnerds at gmail.com. Call us at 720-6Nerds5. Thank you to Sparks Mandrill, Mike at Plan 9 Studios, and Bologna for all of our groovy theme songs. And that's how you fucking do it.